Welcome to Life Source Church. We are so glad you found us. We hope that you will experience God with us as you hear the preaching of the Word. Ten years ago, on Mother's Day, I was in Missouri. I wasn't with you here. I was in Missouri because just a, a couple days before, I had received word that my mother was in intensive care, not doing well, and they weren't sure what the outcome was going to be. See, my mom had caught some rare disease called Mycobacterium ovium complex, and she um, had had this disease for a couple of years. They aren't sure how she got it, but basically it's a, a fungus that grows in the lungs, and, and they think that she probably got it on one of her trips to Africa, one of her missions trips when she would go over there and work on projects. But so she had been sick for a couple of years, and then it had just gotten worse and worse, and all of a sudden I get this call and have to make arrangements, and I, and I fly back to Missouri to see my mother, who we don't know if she's going to make it or not. And so I was with her on that Mother's Day 10 years ago, and, and was able to spend some very, very meaningful time with her. And she um, slowly got better, and over a period of days, she got well enough to be transferred into a different situation out of the ICU. And eventually, uh, she was getting better and was getting ready to be transferred into, um, into a rehab place. And so I came back here and, and was uh, uh, busy about the things doing here. And then one day I got a call, probably two weeks after I got back up here. And they said that my mom had passed away. Her heart had just stopped. It was time for her to go. Well, that was tough, and it's a tough thing to get my head around that my mom was gone. I mean, I, how do you, you know, how can she be here and now she's not? She's always been there. I could always pick up the phone and call her, but not anymore. She was gone. Now, my mom, when she was uh, at her height, literally at the height of her years, she was five foot two, and by the time she passed away. She was under five feet tall, but she was a strong person, and you didn't mess with my mom. I mean, you could have fun with her, but man, when push came to shove, you better do what's right, and my mom influenced me in so many ways. She, she taught me that you have to do what you believe is right. There is, there is no other option. If you believe something is right, even if it goes against what everybody else thinks, you have to do what is right. This idea of personal responsibility as well, she was big on that. You are responsible for your choices as well as for the consequences that come with them. And one of the biggest things she taught me about is the importance of love and loving people and that God was about love. And so she taught me that. But here's what I want you to see is that even though my mother is gone, every week, she still influences every one of you. And she does it through me. You see, the, the impact our mothers have is huge. And I think we know this, you know, just naturally we understand that the impact of a mother is huge. She shapes your, your life in so many ways, shapes your values, shapes the way you start. Now, you've got to go out in life and make your own decisions and build on that. But your mother made a huge difference in who you are today. 
Fathers make a big difference as well, okay? But dads, we're not talking to you today. We're talking to moms today because it's Mother's Day. And so I, I want to preach today to all of those of you who are mothers, or those of you who will probably be mothers one day. I want to preach to you who have filled the role of mothers in someone's life. You may not have been able to have your own children, but you have filled the role of mother to other people. I want to preach to you today, and specifically about what it means to really be a Christian mother, a Christian mother, not just a mother, but a Christian mother. What does that really mean? And so I'm going to be preaching to you, you moms, and I invite everyone else to listen in because it won't take you very long to figure out that a lot of the things I'm talking to moms about apply to you as well. So what we want to do now is look and see what does God have to say about what it means to really be a Christian mother. And to do that today, I'm going to point out four words to you. I want to bring four words to your attention. Four words that if you grasp the meaning of those four words, you'll have a pretty good idea about what it really means to be a Christian mother. And the first of those words is found in Deuteronomy chapter 3. No, excuse me, not Deuteronomy chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. This records the darkest time in early history, really probably the darkest time in the history of man. Um, it, it tells us the story of when Adam sinned and Eve involved with him. They sinned, they sinned against God and sin enters the world and, and the curse of sin and death and the pain and the suffering and the difficulties of life, all the consequences of sin entered into the world. Dark, dark time. And we come to Genesis chapter 3. And verse number 20, and it says this, it says, And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And, and this is a very bright spot in the middle of this great darkness that mankind was facing. And, and Adam sees this and realizes this. And so the word I want you to get here is the word Eve, Eve, her name. The name Eve means life giver, life giver. Ladies, moms, this is your heritage. And it defines an essential part of your design. Because as a mother, you are a life giver. Not just physically, but in a nurturing, building, encouraging sort of way because you bring life to your children not only when they are born, but you bring life to them after they are born. And then you bring life to them as they grow into adults. And even after they live home, you can be a life giver to them. And if you're doing it right, your children will always come back to you and connect with you or the life that you bring for them. So as a grandmother, you're likely to be still giving this life. And even as a great-grandmother, you can be giving this life. You are a life giver. And even if the Lord never give, leads you to have children or you find yourself unable to have children, as daughters of Eve, you can and should be life givers. You see, a woman who is a life giver is an amazing thing. 
A woman who's a life giver is a wonderful resource for everyone she connects with. And you understand, this is why Satan is so actively, in our, actively at work in our world, trying to undermine the, the way women see themselves and their ability to be this life giver. Listen, don't believe his lies. You are Eve, you are a daughter of Eve, you are a life giver. And what a blessing that is. Now, the only way you can be a life giver is you, if you actually have life to give. And that brings us to our second word. And we're going to find it in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So turn there with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now in this chapter, in chapter 1, the Apostle Paul has been talking about the power of the gospel and, and how we're saved through it and how the world thinks it's crazy. Uh, but it's God and his wisdom set it up this way. And so the Apostle Paul then says this to the, to the Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning in verse number 1. He says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And so the Apostle Paul is talking about here, hey, what is it that I have to give to you that's going to make the difference in your life? What can I share with you that is going to be what uh, brings a transformation so that you connect with God because of what I'm doing in your life? And, and really, back in verse number two is where he makes this very clear. He says, here's what I have to give to you. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So moms, the same thing is true for you. If you want your, your children to have the life that God intends for them, a life where they are connected with God and, and know Him and believe in the power of God, you have to do the same thing Paul did. And he says, I determined that the thing, the one thing that I'm going to give to you is Christ. Is Christ. If, moms, if you are going to be that life giver that God designed you to be, you must be getting your life from Christ. Make sure that Christ is your life. Christ is our second word here. Paul says this, he says, for me to live is Christ. He also talks about in Colossians, he says, Christ who is our life. And we've been talking about this in recent weeks here. And we understand that, that if, what it really means to be a Christian starts with that I, identity intersection. The intersection of your identity with Christ's identity. Your identity as a sinner in need. And Christ's identity as a Savior who has paid the penalty for your sins. And, and when you come and, and receive Christ as Savior, your life intersects with His and you receive His life in you. And then we talked about uh, remembering that we are not the most important one in the room at any given point in time, that Jesus is always the most important one. And we said last week it has to go even beyond that. You have to reach the point where 
Christ is at the center of everything because Christ is your life. And so, so ladies, if you want to be able to give life to your children, to those God has put in your life, you must make sure that Christ is your life. For then you have life to give. Now, listen carefully. In the process of coming to understand that Christ is your life, and, and it is a process. You can know the intellectual fact, but it's going to take a while for that to soak down into your life. In the process of coming to understand that Christ is your life and genuinely find him sufficient for all of your inner needs, you need to deal with your own baggage. You've got to deal with your own baggage. Anybody here today bring luggage in? Anyone bring your luggage in today? Well, yeah, you did, right? We all have baggage of some sort that we need to figure out how to get rid of, and we will get rid of it as we find our life in Christ. Because, moms, it's really important. As, as Christ reveals this baggage in your life, the stuff from your past that you haven't resolved, you need to deal with it. Because if you don't, you're just going to pass it on to your children, and they're going to carry your baggage on it in life. You don't want to do that. Now, if you pursue life with Christ as your life, it will bring this stuff up. And so when it does, face it, deal with it, grow through it, and you will be a better Christian for it and certainly a better mother for it. When Christ is your life, now this is another important thing, moms, listen. When Christ is your life, it enables you to prioritize your relationships properly. And this is a especially important for mothers when it comes to their children. Now, obviously, children are very important to their mothers and mothers to their children. But if Christ is not truly your life, this mother-child relationship can become something God never intended for it to be. And this is what you end up with, where mom is trying to get her life from her children and her children are getting their life from their mothers. And this becomes a big problem. We, I think we've all seen moms who are trying to live vicariously through their children. We've seen the helicopter moms who hover and, and just think that their children need them so badly. But let me say something to you. Moms, and I don't want to insult you here, but you make lousy gods. You cannot take God's role in the lives of your children. And you've got to keep this relationship in a proper perspective. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 37, challenging people about their relationship with God in comparison to people, he says this, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So you've got to make a choice. You've got to make a choice. You've got to keep things in the proper perspective. Listen. One of the most important things you can do for your children is to refuse to let them be the most important thing. Christ must always be the most important thing. One of the most important things you can do for your children is to help them realize that you're not the most important thing. Christ must always be the most important thing. The Lord needs to be more important to you than your children, and you need to help your children put the Lord before you. You do not help your children when you treat them as more important than the Lord. In fact, you hurt them and you damage their souls. You do not help your children when you expect them to treat you like you're more important than the Lord. So, so listen carefully here. You need to train up your children to live dependent on God, independent of you.
Let me say that again. You need to train up your children to live dependent on God, independent of you. And when you do this, when you get this right, you are Eve, you are a life giver, and the life that you are giving them is the life that you have in Christ, because Christ is before all in your life, and the most important thing in your life, and the greatest thing you could ever give your children is the life of Christ, and, and to share that into their lives. And when you do that, you will be able to experience what John says, and, and he was talking about Christians, but the same thing would work for moms. He says this, I have, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Well, how are your children going to walk in truth? And that brings us to the third word. And that third word is disciples. Your children need to become disciples. They need to become genuine followers of Christ. Turn your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. And follow along as I read verses 3 through 5. The Apostle Paul talking here to Timothy. And he says, I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. And now listen carefully. He says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. Okay, so Timothy, you have this awesome faith, this genuine, living, real faith in you. Paul says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. So see this, that this is being passed down, being a follower of Christ has been passed down from grandma to mother and now to son. Turn over to chapter 3. Let's see the impact this had here. The Apostle Paul, again, here talking in verse 14, challenging Timothy, he says this, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, now, how long has he known this? How long has he known the scriptures? From childhood. Well, how did he learn them in childhood? He didn't go to public school and learn them. He didn't go to the Christian school and learn them. No, Timothy learned the scriptures from his grandmother and from his mother. They were making Timothy into a disciple of Christ, a genuine follower of Christ. Moms are supposed to make disciples. Listen, moms, don't just raise children. Make disciples. You see, as a mother, you have no job that's more important than this. If you have children, you have no other job that's more important than making disciples of your children. What about your career? Well, understand this, that if you have children, your first career as a mother is to be a mother. And if you can have a career and be faithful at being a mother, feel free to do so. But if you cannot do justice to the mother role because you have a career, then you need to put that career on hold. Maybe you have a job and you're working so you can increase your standard of living. Well, let me ask you, how much of your children's potential for Christ are you willing to trade away 
for a higher standard of living. You know, if you have to choose between being a faithful mother and sacrificing your standard of living, by all means, move into a smaller house or drive an older car. Because do you understand that if you are poor and Christ is at the center of your lives, you are richer than you realize. And if you're rich and Christ is not at at the center of your lives, you're already poorer than you know. Okay? Now, how do you make disciples of your children, Mom? Well, first thing you got to do is be a growing disciple yourself. You've got to, to learn the Word and love the Word and live the Word. So you've got to be growing yourself. And then you need to, to be praying as well. And, and then you need to take responsibility for teaching your children the Scriptures. Mothers, you probably have the greatest opportunity to do this, greater opportunity than anyone else in the world, to teach your children the scriptures. I mean, note this, and this is important because you've got to understand this, that the discipling of your children is not primarily the church's responsibility. You see, God gave your children to you. Did he give them to the church? Yeah, he did but one step removed. He gave your children to the church through you. You see, and God knew what he was doing. I want you to see the impact that a mother can have on a child, even at a young age. And, and I, I want to do this by uh, telling you the story uh, told by a, a Muslim man who became a Christian, but he talks about what his mother did in his life when he was a little child. And If she can do this with a false religion, what could you do with the truth? Listen as he describes his his childhood. He says this. Every day I sat next to my mother as she taught me to recite the Quran in Arabic. Five times a day I stood behind my father as he led our family in congregational prayer. By age five, I had recited the entire Quran in Arabic and memorized the last seven chapters. Can you imagine that the mom working with this boy was able to do this? What could you do with the scriptures, with the truth, moms? Now, please, this is important. I tell you this not to put you on a guilt trip, okay? Rather, I tell you to give you a vision for what you can instill in your children. What an amazing opportunity you have that you could instill the scriptures, the truth of the word of God into your children's lives. And if you understand this opportunity, it just might change your mind about going back to work and putting your little ones in daycare. And, and you know, moms, you need to, nothing you need to make disciples, you need to pray for your children. And don't just pray for your children and they're growing up in adulthood, but pray for the spouses that they're going to marry, their future spouses, if they're already married, pray for them. But moms, listen, here's what Do battle for the souls of your children. Do battle with the forces of darkness that want to scar your children, that want to destroy them, that want to pull them away from following Christ in their lives. And if possible, keep them from being saved. Do battle. Get on your knees before God and pray for your children.
Now, I know I told you that the church is not primarily responsible for discipling your children, and the church is not, but the church will help you disciple your children. The church will help you by helping you grow as a disciple. The church will help by assisting in the training and motivation of your children to be followers of Christ. And the church will provide a biblical context in which you can model what it really means to be a Christian by how you interact with the body of Christ. However, if you expect the church to do it all, or even most of it, don't count on succeeding. Because the church cannot overcome your lack of faithfulness in the home. You see, if life isn't about Christ in your home after 40 plus hours a week with you, and more when the kids are little, don't think you can overcome that with just two to three hours a week in church activities. Now if, however, you decide to own your responsibility and take it seriously, growing in your own life and interacting with your children about following Christ at whatever age they happen to be, I tell you what, then two to three hours a week in church can amplify what you're doing at home. It can confirm what you're doing at home. It can be a huge help to you. I mean, just think of this. If you brought your children to Children's Church or to Kids on the Way and Kids on the Rock or to Kids on a Mission, you brought your your teens to our teen student ministries, all of them already knowing their Bible, already understanding the gospel, already loving God and surrendered Him, can you imagine what God could do through our ministries here with your children? Maybe like we can, it's like rocket fuel and we can launch them, help you launch them out into the world. Okay, but you set the stage for that. And let me give you maybe a more practical example. If you wanted to invest and build a business, would you prefer to start with $500 or $500,000? The answer is obvious. And we're asking you to bring your children to church, having already worked on discipling them. So it's like starting the business with $500,000 because that's the kind of difference we're talking about. When you understand you are on the front lines of discipling your children and that you will either be bringing your children to us so we can try to make up for what you're not doing or so we can build on the awesome foundation that you have laid. So listen, I encourage you to reevaluate what you're investing your time in when it comes to your children. Remember, God didn't call your children to give their hearts to sports, but to give their hearts to Christ. God didn't call your children to be successful in the eyes of the world, but to be successful in Christ's eyes. God didn't call your children to be socially acceptable in a sinful world, but to be socially connected with Him and His church so they can reach the world. God didn't call you to make such a big deal about your children always needing to look cool and up to date in their clothing styles and hairstyles and so that they learn from you that the things like that are what matter most. No, he called you to teach them that what they look like on the inside before God is what really matters and that getting it right there will enable them to get it right on the outside too. God didn't call you to teach your children to bow before the idols of academic success so they can get accepted at some college where the professors don't even believe in God. 
No, he called you to teach them to bow before God and excel in their knowledge of him, both intellectually and experientially. Deuteronomy 6 talks about parents, about uh, spending time with your children in the morning and noon and night and showing them what it means to be a follower of Christ and talking to them about it and training them in these things. And so parents, moms, I challenge you, reevaluate what you're doing in your children's lives and make adjustments as needed to help them become faithful followers of Christ. This is a decision you will never regret. And throughout eternity, your children will be grateful to you for it. You can do this. Moms, you can do this. You can make an eternal difference in the lives of your children. And really, more accurately, you will make an eternal difference. The question is, in which direction? Let me encourage you today, moms, go for God's best with your children and watch what God does over time and in eternity. And again, if you feel like I'm putting a guilt trip on you, please, you're either misunderstanding what I'm trying to say to you or maybe the Holy Spirit is the one you're struggling with, not me. Something to think about. But you know, with you and our church working together, by God's grace, we can all grow up into spiritually minded Christians, all growing together and all going together to reach the world with Christ. So focus your efforts with your children on helping them become and grow as maturing followers of Christ, as disciples. <laughs> wow. That sounds like a lot of work, doesn't it? A lot of effort. Some pretty tough stuff we've talked about. We're talking about focused energy day in and day out, week in and week out, year in and year out. Sounds sort of like a never-ending assignment, doesn't it? Well, you know, a very logical and heartfelt question for every mother to ask at this point would be, is it really worth it? Really? Is it really worth it? And that brings us to the fourth word I want to talk to you about today. And that word is value. Value. Let me say to you, it is worth it. First, understand this, that your value as a mother is inestimable to the church. It is worth it to all of us here for you to be a Christian mother. Because the role you play as a life giver extends beyond just your children to the church at large. You are a life giver in church. And when you as a mother live with Christ as your life, it is an amazing thing to see. The effect is widespread and many lives are touched. When you develop the heart and mind of a discipler, everyone in the church benefits. And the stage is set to perpetuate discipleship of our children as the older women pass it on to the younger women who then become older women who pass it on to the younger women on, on making disciples. And so listen, right now, I'm talking to the whole church family, not just the moms. Listen, church family, the mothers in our church are so valuable 
that we need to support them. We need to support their role actively and in whatever practical ways are needed because mothers are extremely valuable to the church. Now, if you're a mom here, you might be saying, there you go again. See, yeah, what's my worth? Is my worth is to somebody else. What about to me? Is it worth it to me as a mom? Is it really worth it for me to devote my life to being a godly mother? Well, let's turn our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 31. And I know, as soon as I say Proverbs chapter 31, a lot of you ladies just moan and say, oh, no, he's going to pour the guilt on us. We have to do all those things that we read there in chapter 31. No, no, no. I think there's a big misunderstanding about chapter 31 here. And what I want you to see is this. What we're reading about in chapter 31 is not how to be a faithful mother. What we are seeing is a description of someone who has been faithful and as a result that has produced more and more of these things in her life. It isn't where she started and it wasn't even the goal. The goal was to be a life giver. The goal was to have life be about Christ. The goal is to be a discipler. And in the process, all these other things become a reality in her life. Okay, so this isn't a description of where she started, but what she became as a result of being faithful. So let's read this. Chapter 31, verses 28 through 31. It says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but... A woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. What kind of blessing, moms, would it be to you when it's all said and done and you've been faithful and you experience this? What would it be like to find your children are consciously grateful that you help them know and walk with Christ and they say so. Your husband is also grateful and he praises you to you and he praises you to others because you discipled the children that you had together. And it's evident to everyone that your life is about Christ and they praise you for it and they honor Christ in the process. And you get to experience now and in eternity the great blessings that result from your faithfulness to do your best. Now, now listen, not to be perfect. No, no, we didn't say that. God didn't say that. But you did your best to be faithful. And God is rewarding you for it here in this life and forever in eternity. Moms, it is so worth it. And it is such an encouragement when you are faithful to you. Encouragement to you. So is it worth it? Remember these things. Remember, Mom, when you are so tired that you think you can't go on, it's worth it. When you're frustrated by your own failures and shortcomings, it's worth it. When your kids get angry with you and yell at you and think you're trying to ruin their lives, it's worth it. When you have those days, weeks, or maybe even years when you feel like you are in it alone, it's worth it. 
Now listen, when you're changing diapers, it's worth it. Doing laundry, it's worth it. Preparing meals, it's worth it. Trying to stay connected with your husband while you're doing it, it's worth it. Nursing sick kids, it's worth it. Struggling financially because you've chosen to invest in your children, it's worth it. Working a job to feed your kids and trying hard to keep being involved in their lives as mom, it's worth it. Patiently telling your children, yes, we are going to church today, it's worth it. Trying to teach your children to pray and learn the scriptures and love God and you wonder if you're even making any difference. It's worth it. And when you've sacrificed more than you ever thought you could, it's worth it. Your faithfulness will make a difference in your children's lives, in the generations that follow, and throughout all eternity. Remember these four words. Eve, you are a life giver. Christ, when Christ is your life, you have everything you need to do the job, so be a Christ follower. Disciples, you can make an eternal difference for God and for good in the lives of your children by helping them to become disciples of Christ, by training them to follow Christ with you. And the last word, value. And know this, that God who cannot lie says without a doubt, it's worth it. 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 Father, thank you so much for every mother represented here. Those who are yet to be mothers and those who maybe didn't have their own children, Father, but they have filled the role of a mother in someone's life. Thank you for what they've done. Thank you for the potential that they represent, not only in their own families, but in our church and in our world. And I pray, Father, that they will catch a vision for what it really means to be a Christian mother. And they will give their lives to it. And oh God, I pray that you'd give them a vision for it, a motivation for it, the heart for it. And Lord, that you would bless them in ways that they can see and know even now. And I know that you will bless them in eternity for their faithfulness in being a Christian mom. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.